and welcome back. This is episode four of the New Lung Podcast. I am your host, Jaina. And I am your co-host, Chanel. This is a podcast of our tobacco cessation program. We are tobacco cessation specialists here to assist people in their process of quitting smoking. So stay tuned. The secret to getting there is getting started. It may not be easy. It will take time. It will require dedication and willpower. You will need to make healthy decisions. So in this episode, we'll go over some tools and strategies for coping and better handling our triggers. Jaina, welcome back to class two, Jaina. Thank you so much, Chanel. How did your week go? It was all right. It was all right? Okay. Yeah. Did you get a chance to use the tobacco use journal? I did. And you know what? I actually asked one of my friends to do it as well. Oh, wonderful. How did that work out? It was good. But you know what? I realized that we're opposite. So one of my girlfriends, she's a mother, right? And we realized the times that we smoke are completely opposite on weekdays and weekends. So so remember last week I told you that I feel like I smoke more on the weekends, mm-hmm. which was yeah. true. I found it after doing a tobacco journal. I absolutely do on Saturdays and Sundays too. But for my friend, she actually smokes more on the weekdays and smokes less on the weekends because we would always hang out together before she got married and we would smoke around the same amount a pack a day. And we realized that During the weekend, she would smoke less because she was around her children more. So she didn't want them Mm. to get, you know, the secondhand smoke. She didn't want them to see her smoking. Mm -hmm. Her children have never seen her with a cigarette in her mouth. And then the reason why she's opposite, because during the weekdays, that's when she tries to smoke more. Mm -hmm. Because she kind of takes advantage that she's away at work, away from her children. So she definitely takes more smoke breaks after work, before work. She has a whole routine down where she smokes more during the weekdays and less on the weekends. Okay. So this activity kind of allowed you and your friend to get a little bit more insight into your habits and when you're using tobacco and when you don't use it as often, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, great. So let's continue that actually on the next page, page seven with identifying triggers. On this page, we're going to talk about some of the common triggers that people face when trying to quit or when using tobacco. So take a few minutes to look at this page and look at some of the uh, pictures we have here and you can check off the ones that apply to you. And then afterwards we can come back and share. And if you have any that are not necessarily represented by the pictures on this page, you can write them down and you're more than welcome to share those with me as well. So, Jaina, did you check off all of them? Uh, no, actually, surprisingly, I didn't. The ones that I checked off were stress. Absolutely. Yeah, one of stress. the hugest triggers for me. Mm-hmm. Also, coffee, as I mentioned before, I just love it so much with my cigarette. Mm-hmm. And social activity, especially on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So the reason that we're... Thank you so much for sharing those triggers with me, by the way, Jaina. So the reason we're going through this activity is that we're more mindful of our triggers as well. I know the Tobacco Use Journal helped us in a bit to become more mindful of when we might want to have that cigarette as well. This activity shows us what actually triggers us more often to have that cigarette as well. And what's important of understanding that is we can prepare or make plans 
to cope better with those triggers when we know they're going to arise. Like, for example, Jana, you said coffee is one of your triggers in the morning, right? So say you know that every morning you're going to wake up and have your cup of joe. Mm -hmm. I would never tell anyone to give that up because I myself enjoy my cup of coffee. So I understand that. (laughs) Right. But one thing we could probably do is try adjusting our routine with that cup of coffee, right? Okay. So let me ask you a question, Jaina. When you drink your coffee, are you drinking and smoking at the same time? Or yes. Do you I kind of s- take a sip of coffee and then a puff. Okay, so it's like sip, back puff, and sip, forth. Puff. Yes. Okay. Yes. So one thing you might want to try first is have that cup of coffee. Because again, I'm not telling you to cut that off. Have that cup of coffee and enjoy that cup of coffee without the cigarette. All right? However long it takes you, say you can take five to 10 minutes enjoying that cup of coffee. Some can drag it out to 15 minutes. It just depends on your relationship with your cup of coffee, right? Mm -hmm. So what you're doing in that moment by just focusing on that cup of coffee, you're actually delaying the time in which you have that cigarette. Now, that's an important strategy that we'll talk more about on the next page, but that's one technique you can utilize, and it's a small adjustment in our routine. It's not something big or drastic. It's very, very small, very minimal, but it can have big results. Do you think that's something you might want to try out, Gina? I'll try it. You try it? Okay. That's all we have to do is just try it out. And if something doesn't work the first time, we can come back and we can readjust and modify it so it works best for you. Okay. So that's one strategy you can utilize to kind of cope with your triggers. On the next page, we have a couple of other strategies you can also utilize. So this page talks about adjusting our habits to quit using tobacco. Now, there are a number of different examples lined out from on here from a example A all the way to example J. I just want to touch on a few and see if maybe you yourself, Jaina, have tried a couple of these. So the first example I like to always talk about is example A. Put all tobacco in an unusual cabinet or a different place. Jane, have you ever tried that before? No, it's definitely always in a visible place or in my purse. Always in your purse, right? Okay, so maybe that's something we can try out for the next week or so and see if moving it to a different place might aid in delaying the use of that tobacco or that cigarette, right? Okay. And then example B... Don't do anything else while using tobacco. No talking on the phone, watching TV, or etc. Have you ever heard of mindless eating, Jaina? Uh, yes. I okay, have. so the same concept applies here, only it's mindless smoking. Have you ever noticed that maybe if you're on the phone, or if you're watching TV, or if you're doing something while having that cigarette, you can go through a couple of cigarettes without even realizing it? Yeah. That's because our intention isn't fully on that cigarette. It's on whatever else we're doing, and we're just mindlessly going through those cigarettes and smoking them. Now, I know it might be a little counterintuitive for us to tell you to pay more attention to that cigarette, Mm -hmm. but like I said before with the tobacco use journal, we're trying to get you to think more about your tobacco use and more about your habit to understand more of the why behind it. So that's the one thing about this example. It's encouraging you not to do anything else while you're having that cigarette. If you're going to have that cigarette, just have that cigarette. So we can prevent that from leading to a pack or half a pack. Got it. And then the next example, I want to skip all the way down to example F. 
When you want to use tobacco, delay the urge for a few minutes by drinking a glass of water or doing something else, like playing with paper clips, chewing sugarless gum, or anything else. Now what that can do is, like I said before, it can delay the time in which you have that tobacco or that cigarette, and that adds up. Those times add up over a period, and you actually cut down on the amount of tobacco or the number of cigarettes that you're smoking throughout a day. All right, so those are just a couple of examples I like to point out, Jaina. If you've tried any of these before or if you are interested in trying any of these, I encourage you to do so. Again, maybe you'll try them and they might not work for you just how they are. Modify them. Make them work or personalize them for yourself. Any questions on this page? No, I actually kind of have one in mind that works for me. Oh. You know, since I drink coffee a lot, I have a bunch of coffee stirs. And I kind of like to keep that in a mouth, my mouth. I okay. chew on it here and there, especially when I'm at my desk in the office. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can't smoke inside, so I kind of chew <laughs> on my coffee stirrer. Kind of works for me. Yeah, that's an excellent strategy there. It kind of helps with that oral fixation, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's an excellent strategy, Jane. I'm glad you found that out for yourself. And Thank what's you. great is that you personalized it for you, right? So you're more likely to utilize it. Yes. Right. Great example. So on the next page, we're going to continue with some more great strategies talking about the four D's, a survival guide. Now, the four D's are distract, drink water, deep breathe, and delay. I'm going to actually start with the last D that I just talked about, and I'll work my way back to the others. Now, the first D, delay, is where we're talking about waiting a bit longer before reaching for that cigarette. So maybe... Today, you're able to delay the cigarette for two to three minutes. And then the next day, you can delay it for six to ten minutes. And then after that, 15, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. And then before you know it, you're delaying that amount of tobacco or those number of cigarettes you're smoking throughout the day. Maybe you're delaying it for four hours and you're already cutting back on the amount of tobacco you're using. Just by doing those simple, small little steps, it's not stressing you out. It's not putting any pressure on you. And best of all, it's going at your own pace. All right, so that's the delay method. Now I want to jump back up to the top and talk about distract. Do something that will take your attention away from your desire to smoke. We can read a book. We can listen to music. We can draw. You can practice a hobby that you have. Do you have any hobbies, Jaina? I like playing volleyball. Volleyball, that's a really great hobby to have. I wish I could play that. Okay, so that's one way we can also distract ourselves from having that cigarette. And what that also leads to is, again, that delay. We're delaying the time in which we're going to have that cigarette, and we're gradually breaking that routine. Now, I'm looking at a couple of these activities on distract, but Mm -hmm. I just realized that one of my main triggers for smoking is traffic. Because I live in Long Beach and, you know, I work in Anaheim. So the commute is not the best, but it's also not the worst. Mm -hmm. And there's a good at least 35-minute chunk where I'm just smoking away because it's so convenient. I keep my cigarettes in my purse. And I listen to music, you know, at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, I listen to the radio and I smoke. So I'm not really sure how I could do these activities or distract while I'm driving. Well, we definitely don't want you to be distracted while you're driving. That's true. We want you to be focused on it. So that's a really right. good point, Dana. One thing I would suggest is you could actually go with example A back on page eight, which is putting the tobacco in an unusual spot, right? So you say you usually have it in your purse. Yes. And that's probably, I'm going to assume that it's probably sitting right next to you in the passenger exactly. seat, right? Mm-hmm. So how about we try this? Let's take our pack of cigarettes 
and put them in the trunk instead of in our purse. Try it out just for a couple of days, okay? I don't want to stress you out. Just try it out and see how it works for you. Now, I'm going to assume that you're not going to be trying to reach back into the trunk in traffic to get your your pack of cigarettes because that's that's pretty dangerous. I know, but who knows? I'm just kidding. Who knows? (laughs) Okay, well, I hope you don't. So that's one thing that you can actually try. And if anything, say you decide to pull over on the side of the road and go and get that pack of cigarettes out the trunk. Guess what you still just did? You delayed that cigarette. You're still making that gradual change in that routine. All right. So that's one thing you can try. And also you mentioned the coffee stir that you like to chew on. Oh, right. Why don't you can try that? Sometimes when you're sitting in traffic, just whip out a coffee stirrer. Or you can also try cinnamon toothpicks. We also give those out in class as well, and people tend to enjoy those. So that helps a lot with that oral fixation. It gives you something to do while you're in traffic as well. Okay. All Thank right? you. Thanks for bringing that up, Gina. Sure. All right. So, so the next D I wanted to talk about is drinking water. And this is also something you can still do in traffic, Jana. Drinking at least eight cups of water a day or liquids every day to stay hydrated. It helps clean out the toxins in your body from smoking. And it also um, helps with that kind of empty or hungry feeling we might get sometimes when we want that cigarette. Oftentimes we're just dehydrated and we just need some water in our lives. Okay. And that also acts in delaying that cigarette as well. So say you get a urge or a craving to have that cigarette before you go. Why don't you try and drink a cup of water or a glass of water, and that still delays the time in which you have that cigarette. And the last one is deep breathing. Jana, do you deep breathe on a regular basis? I don't. No? I do okay, not. so this is something new you can try out. So with deep breathing, it helps you relax and clear your mind. Sometimes taking three nice, slow, deep breaths is just what we need to kind of center ourselves and calm ourselves down just a little bit more. And again, that word keeps coming up, delay. That deep breathing will also lead to delaying the time in which you have that cigarette or use that tobacco. Any questions on any of the four Ds, Jaina? I don't know. I just still think about how big of a trigger traffic is for me. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of getting nervous thinking about putting my cigarettes in my trunk, to be honest. Okay. I just feel like, well, I know usually on my commute back home, I smoke maybe about five or six cigarettes in traffic. Okay. Is it okay if I maybe take a couple with me and then put the pack in the trunk. So I think what you're getting to is that cut down method that we were talking about earlier. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So then how about we can start at that method then? Maybe instead of smoking, what you said, about five to six cigarettes, you said? How about instead of smoking five to six cigarettes, we'll know that we'll only do maybe two or three cigarettes instead, right? And we're gradually cutting that down. Again, we're not stressing ourselves out. We're not putting any pressure on ourselves. We're just going to gradually cut that down. Maybe there's a couple of cigarettes that you can identify and you know, I don't really need to smoke this one right now. I can wait a little bit longer, right? You can try that delay method. And then that's when that straw or that toothpick or a piece of candy might come into play where you can delay that time to have that cigarette. So absolutely. If throwing your pack of cigarettes in the trunk is too drastic for you right now, I completely understand. Okay. Again, I want to work at your own pace and I want to find things that will work best for you. Thank you. Okay? Thank you. I'm glad you brought that up, Gina. Yes. Any additional questions or comments? 
that's it. Actually, that just makes me feel better that I could have a couple <laughs> in Wonderful. my passenger seat. Yeah. Okay, good. So we're going to move on to the next page. We talked about a couple of strategies for our back pocket strategies that we have on a daily basis. Now on page 10, which is curb the urge to smoke, we have a couple of strategies that are organized by mood and by situation. So go ahead and take a look at some of these different strategies on here, Jaina. And what I'd like to ask you to do is pick a section and you'll see that each section has two blank lines underneath it. For those sections or those two blank lines, go ahead and try and add at least one or two strategies that you would do yourself for whatever mood or situation you pick. So for example, if you're bored, maybe you wanna add another strategy for playing volleyball, right? Maybe mm. that might be a strategy you might wanna add. And there's other sections you can go to as well. So I'll give you a couple of minutes to think about that and then we can come back and share. So, Jaina, what section did you pick? I did when I'm around others who smoke. Okay. So what did you come up with? Well, I think that what I wanted to do was maybe suggest different activities that we can do aside from going to the normal places where we smoke, our normal coffee shops and people's houses that we go to kind of for brunch. We usually have our normal cigarettes during routine kind of situations, so... If maybe we go to some place where smoking isn't allowed, I think that would kind of force me not to smoke during those mm -hmm. social situations because I obviously continue want to be hanging out with my friends. You know, I want to be sure that I'm still spending time with them, even when I'm trying to quit. I don't mm -hmm. want to lose those relationships. So maybe going to some place like the movies or um, maybe inside a restaurant where we cannot smoke but still enjoy each other's company would be helpful. Absolutely. And that's a really great strategy, Gina. You know, going to different places where, you know, smoking is not necessarily allowed or you can't smoke as much is a great strategy to help with that cut down method and to also distract or delay the time in which you have that cigarette as well. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Gina. Did you have any others you wanted to share? Just that one. Just that one? Okay. So again, like I said, we're going through all these different strategies and techniques for you to identify ones that work best and for you to, to do the modification like what you just did, coming up with a strategy that works best for you. Now, one other strategy I also want to emphasize is on the next page, which is social support. Social support is something really important to have throughout this process because sometimes we want to make sure or we want to know that we're not going through this alone and we don't have to. So when you're looking for someone that's in your social support system, we have a couple of things that you might want to look for listed on the page. The first one is find someone that will listen to you when you're tempted to use tobacco. Maybe you need to just talk it out with someone. Maybe you need to tell someone that I want to have this one cigarette, but I don't, but I want to. Maybe that's all you need to say. Right. The next thing is to find a person who will help talk you out of smoking that just that one cigarette. Just that one cigarette can be the very cigarette that throws us off our quit process, right? Mm -hmm. So if we have someone to support us and keep going through it, it's really important. Next, find someone who will help you develop strategies for staying tobacco-free. And lastly, find someone that will be available when you need them. Whenever you need to talk to them, even if you just have to send them a text or an email. 
having individuals that can support us appropriately is very, very important throughout this process. And it's also important that you express explicitly to them how you'd like to be supported. I remember when I was supporting my dad through Mm -hmm. his quitting process, and I will admit, I was one of those daughters that would nag. And I didn't realize I was nagging. I honestly thought I was helping. I thought I was encouraging him until one day he told me, hey, that's not what I need. All I need is for you to check in on me maybe every two weeks. That's it. I don't need you calling me every day. I don't like the nagging. It stresses me out and makes me want to smoke more. I got the message loud and clear. I said, okay, dad, I'll check in with you every two weeks. And we decided to do a Monday at 6.30 p.m. Every two weeks, I would check in to see how he was doing, if he needed my help, if he needed assistance with anything. And that's how it went. And that's how I supported him. And I supported him in a way that was beneficial for him. So let's take a few minutes and think about individuals that we might want to have in our social support system. And you can actually write them down in the boxes provided on the bottom of your sheet of paper. And then when we're done, we'll come back and share them. So, Jaina, have you identified any people in your social support system? I have a couple. Would you like to share some of those names with me? Sure. I have my sister, okay. Lauren, my friend Nancy, and another friend, Ivan. Ivan? Okay. Have um, any of those people gone through the quit process, or is there a reason you wanted to have them in your social support sure, system? Sure, yeah. My sister quit. She was smoking two packs a day, so she knows what it's like. Also, Ivan used to smoke as well. Mm-hmm. Nancy, she never smoked before, but her dad did pass away from lung cancer, so she's incredibly supportive. All right. Those are excellent choices, and I'm glad you have some people in your corner to support you throughout this process. One thing I do want to note is I remember you talking earlier about how you have friends that you, you that still want to smoke, right? Yes. I want to make sure that you understand that I'm not telling you you can't be around those friends and you can't have them in your support system either. They can still be in your support system as long as they're willing to support you throughout this process and they respect your decision not to engage in using tobacco or anything like that, you know? Oftentimes we have lifelong friends, you know, that might still be using cigarettes or using tobacco products and we don't necessarily want to break ties with them just because we're going through this quitting process, right? So it's important to make sure you identify any other additional individuals that might be able to be in your support system because the more support we have the better right any questions or additional comments on that no no all right so we're going to go on to the last couple of two pages and these are some more this is just another technique for you throughout this quit process that you might want to do before you start the quit process so this is more planning uh, as i like to say back with the triggers so on this page it talks about before i quit So here are a couple of suggestions for you to do before you quit using tobacco. The first one is wash your car. (laughs) I know that might be a a really good flag for you, Jaina, because you said when you're in traffic, sometimes you like to smoke, right? Right. Oh, it needs a deep cleaning. Okay. Very deep cleaning. So that's something that will probably go on our list, right? Washing our cars. And I I mean, uh, like you said, a deep cleaning. Deep, deep. Get the upholstery, (laughs) shampoo the the carpet and everything. Yes. Okay. 
And the next one is clean the house. It, do you smoke inside of I your don't. home? No, I you don't. You don't? Okay. So if you don't smoke inside of your home, sometimes um, what we carry on us is uh, the residual smoke from what we've been smoking throughout the day. And that might also still get into our upholstery and some of our, our linens as well. So you might still want to engage in that deep cleaning in your home, like cleaning the drapes, the, the carpets, maybe the sofas as well, just to make sure there's no lingering smells that can trigger you to want to have that cigarette. Okay. And the next one is get rid of any tobacco-related paraphernalia. That includes lighters, ashtrays, or anything that's at home or work that might trigger you to want to smoke. Now, I know I get a couple of people that are very hesitant to do this because I understand cigarettes are not cheap. And that's a lot of money you might think that you're throwing down the drain. Well, we also have a suggestion for that. If you look at the next point, it talks about what you can do with those leftover cigarettes or those leftover packs of cigarettes. You can actually put them in a jar of water and let them sit for a couple of days. And what it turns into is insecticide. So if you're an individual that likes to garden or if you have a little plant at work on your desk <laughs> or at home, you can actually use it to spray down your plant and kill the little bugs on it. Oh, All right, so you're recycling that money, and you're not right. <laughs> you're not just uh, throwing it away. To put it. Or you can also use that as a reminder of what you do not want to put back into your body. Some people like to use it that way. And then the next one is stock up on healthy, low-calorie snack items. Things that can kind of help with that oral fixation we were talking about earlier and keep your your mind distracted from wanting to have that cigarette as well. And then also these healthy snack items kind of help with decreasing that weight gain. Some people are worried about gaining that weight. Healthy snack items is a way to prevent that. Also get water bottles. Keep hydrated because like I said, it's very important throughout this process. And lastly, make sure you call your buddy. And that's where that social support system really comes into play. So on page 13 is an opportunity for you to come up with a few more things, Jaina, that you would like to do on your own before you commit to this quitting process. So go ahead and take a few minutes and write down maybe one or two things you might want to do before you start this quit process. And we'll go ahead and, and discuss them and then we'll move on from there. Jana, what did you come up with? Uh, wash my car. Wash your car. For sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wash my car. And also do laundry because I have certain coats that I actually wear when I go out to smoke. Mm -hmm. And they all stay in the same closet. So just doing laundry of all the different clothes that are in that particular closet where I keep my coats. And I actually found out a couple more. I, I love to travel. And one of the things I do is I collect lighters. So I have these really cool lighters from Madrid, Cuba, Mexico, and I display them all in my bookshelf, mm -hmm. kind of in this little office area where I have at home. I mean, I'm really proud of them. I, I love them and I spend a lot of money, but I guess I could put them away for now. Okay. Um, so I should do that. And I need to go grocery shopping, especially for almonds. I mean, I love almonds already. Maybe get a, other things that can help me keep my mouth busy and chew on a couple of things, snack on some things at work. So I'm going to go grocery shopping for some different snacks. Okay. Wonderful. That's a great start to your before you quit list. Okay. And you're going to continue to add to it as you go throughout this process because I guarantee you things are going to pop up. You're going to say, oh, I need to do this before yeah, I quit. Yes. All right. So that's, this is for you to add to whenever you feel ready to and whenever you want to. All right. Okay. Any questions on any of the material I went 
through um, throughout the class today, Jaina? No, no questions. No? Okay. So that's all I have for us today. Next week, when we come back, we're going to be talking about recovery and withdrawal symptoms and some nicotine replacement therapies that will assist us in those withdrawal symptoms. Okay? Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jaina. Have a good one. You too. If you live in Orange County and are interested in attending our in-person classes, feel free to sign up with us and call us at one 866 New Lung. That is 1-866-639-5864. And that pretty much covers everything for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode can be found on our Facebook page, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. If you subscribe to our show, you should be receiving new episodes as soon as we update them. And remember, we would love to hear your feedback. If there are any topics that you'd like us to talk about, send us a message on our Facebook page at 1-866-NEW-LUNG. Until next time, take care. Music for this podcast was produced by OrangeFreeSounds.com. The secret to getting there is getting started. It requires sacrifice. You will need to push yourself. There will be temptation. But when you reach your goal, it will all be worth it.